I'm Carol Coletta, and this is Night Cities. Are the terms creative and bureaucracy mutually exclusive? Irma Renier is working hard to prove otherwise. As Commissioner for Public Sector Employment in South Australia, she's leading a major initiative to speed change in government. For her efforts to make government bureaucracy creative and responsive to citizens, she was named the 2014 Telstra South Australia's Businesswoman of the Year. We spoke in the lobby of a busy hotel last week in Perth, Australia, where we were both speaking at the public symposium. I want to talk about your work. You said yesterday public sector employees are not aliens and government shouldn't be alien, but why has it become so alien and why have government employees become the aliens? I think I touched a bit on it um, yesterday in that I think that because things are changing, we discussed I think how society and citizens are expecting things in a different way. Public servants basically have have either been there a long time or actually have accepted a system that actually perhaps doesn't fit uh, modern society. And uh, they, like anyone else, are probably struggling to work out what their role will be in actually the redefinition of what public sector work should be. I firmly believe that there is a role for the public service sector because there are those that are marginalised where we need to kind of distribute and support people that are disadvantaged. But it, we may need to do that in a very different way and we may need them involved in how we do it. That's very different for public servants. So for them, the whole concept of how we might change for some is quite alien. And you're in the midst of a major change uh, initiative inside government. What does it take to run to make change inside government? Uh, a lot of courage. Um, to make change inside government is actually for people firstly to feel like they're empowered. Um, and like anything, they need to actually be part of the change. So you can't get um, change done to people. So I've really taken the principles uh, that I've used my whole career around how you help transformation work, and that is not on your own. Um, I do believe in that servant leader approach, and that's actually getting the people that are champions first don't spend your time on people that you know are not there and don't want to move on. Get the ones that do. Um, they tell 20 friends and it goes from there. And that's actually, in essence, how it works. So part of the strategy is probably don't create a department. Don't create, I think, you know, here's all the money. Create, I guess, a, a platform of support and say to people, go and innovate and do it differently. And I think that's a bit that that I got really excited about. Because it was so difficult and I wasn't sure where I'd get the resources, I found a way of actually finding them. And people came on board. You use something you've called 90-day projects. Tell me about the 90-day project and where it fits in your change effort. Well, in any change effort, often people don't see tangibles and it's probably very difficult in government to do so because it's so big. And one of the key challenges um, is to actually get things done and I think the 90-day projects show that. It gives people an idea about how to build a business case and get an outcome in 90 days, even if it's a... Because they're very wicked problems and you can't solve them in 90 days, but you can chunk them up. So you get outcomes, even if it's multiple 90-day projects. The bit about why it's important for change is that it actually provided us an opportunity or a platform to get multiple government departments working together. So change is about collaboration, it's about pushing the boundaries, taking risks and the rest of it. 90-day projects were the vehicle for us to actually do that and demonstrate it. So, and, and at the same time, we had that conversation about those values and, and behaviours. So basically, the projects were values in action. 
So you had to actually work with other agencies because we had a project that was quite complex and four agencies or three were involved in it. So to get the outcome, they had to work together and on top of that, they had to work with citizens, community, not-for-profits or business. So in fact, we were demonstrating service, we were demonstrating um, you know, collaboration, we were demonstrating risk-taking and they're, they're all values that we were doing at the same time. That is change. So it's, it's basically changing by doing, I guess. You're referring to values, and you actually approached values in a very specific and formal way with employees in terms of the values change. Tell me what you did. Um, well, you can, and I'm a great believer in values being modelled and basically people following. So there's a there's big piece in how people can bring their own personal self and how that, what they believe in to, to a workplace. But if you're not actually deliberate about actually saying this place uh, values people that can do these sorts of things, firstly service at the heart of what we do, we should. If you're in the public sector, we are public servants, we serve the public. And I think we've forgotten, I guess, what we're there for. So values are very important to actually reaffirm, you know, the fundamental, the foundation of why we exist. And um, we mentioned before sort of the democratic sort of institution that it is. So we elect our politicians. They then use the public sector, I guess, to actually um, implement their policies. So I think we, we've got to... And, and we want to talk about how we do that. And the values were very important, very deliberate and very important as part of people's performance, not just what we expect from day-to-day -day things, but how we expect them to do it. You use a term world-leading public sector, which I really like. It, it's, um, I wondered if you, if you chose world-leading versus world-class, and um, I, I'm curious where you came up, with it, came up with the term and what it means to you. One of the things, in, and I kind of shy away from it sometimes, and I move, move it around a bit, because world-leading is in a, it, it's a lot on your shoulders. Um, I think what I've done is actually said it's an aspirational target. So someone yesterday said, look, you need to dream. And uh, South Australia, I love South Australia, um, and I love what, what a great place it is to live. And I think people in the public sector need to actually believe that they can be just as good as anyone in the world. And uh, part of the uh, discussion is, so that is very aspirational. That is very, that's our dream. Um, but what we're saying is we'll talk and work with anyone that can actually help us realise that dream. So uh, world class is great, but I think world leading is, uh, is a little bit about giving people the confidence back to say that the public sector can do it and is very important to the economy. Um, and we've lost a bit of that because what happens is that very often when something goes wrong, we get blamed. Um, and the public sector is not valued. We don't want to talk about it at barbecues and where we go with friends. You know, what do you do? Are you a public servant? Well, you know, then you'll spend the next half an hour talking about what we do wrong. And uh, I don't believe that. I believe that we make a difference to people's lives every day. Um, there are things that do go wrong, but we're a really big institution. So it's an aspirational dream, I suspect. Just two more questions. One, you've defined, I think, what modern public service ought to be. Tell me what that is. A bit like the aspirational target. We basically wanted to say it's time for us to look at the next era or the next phase for the public sector and we can't basically solve the problems or solve issues that are in society. We heard them yesterday about 
um, economic platform at the moment. Um, South Australia is going through um, a trans transition in relation to its manufacturing. Um, and the public sector plays a very, very strong role in how we transition. Uh, but unless we actually defined what a different public service would look like, it's very difficult to then sort of aspire to what that is. And so the modern public service talks about all the things that we would expect um, us to be talking about. One is sort of what is it looking like in this new democracy and how do we get citizens more involved in, in decision making? How do we do things um, digital by default? So how do we serve customers differently? What does it mean to be open government? And we heard about that yesterday. So what is an open government? And, and what is confidential information and how transparent can we become? Which is all very different. How do we share that information? Um, uh, uh, open data um, and how people, we gather a lot of information. How useful could that be for predicting what happens in the future? So it's all those elements and the 90 day projects which is our sort of um, trademark in terms of doing things across the public service. Uh, values are in there, um, our workforce and looking at what we're doing. So I'll have a Jobs for Youth program and that is looking at you know 200 youths every year being employed that come from disadvantaged backgrounds. Um, and we're now including graduates and other things. So it, it actually encompasses what we should be doing as a public sector to have that discussion debate about what we should look like in the future. More importantly, what are some of the things that the government has committed to? In, and they, they released the modern public service policy in their first term, uh, basically from the beginning of the four years. And we're, part of my job is to make sure that we actually address the issues that are addressed in, um, that are named in there. So how are we shifting the public service to to those aspirational targets. You've even coined a term, creative bureaucracy. Yes. What, what does a creative bureaucracy look like? Yeah. Firstly, I don't think the two fit together very well. Um, but it actually, uh, I'm not sure what it looks like, but I think it's some of the elements I've already talked about. Um, it's about uh, not necessarily having the answers. It's about maybe taking out all um, rules, um, maybe regulations, um, and then going back and seeing whether they're necessary. When we did all, when we did, I guess, set up the public sector, it was for a particular time. Maybe that time has changed. And so creative bureaucracy would be asking those questions all the time rather than actually uh, defending what we believe is the institution of the public sector. So, um, and, and I'm just exploring with Charles what some of the elements would be for that creativity. And I think there are some we're going to connect the change at SA and the creative cities work that he actually did because I believe there's a very, very strong connection working in different spaces, uh, creating some gov hubs, you know, that collaboration taken to another level where you get agency people working on a particular project outside of their own agency, maybe in a not-for-profit and maybe kind of in, in the community, which that would be very powerful because then you're actually leveraging the institution in those communities and uh, people would know what the rules are immediately rather than actually breaking them and saying well you know here's here's something so we would actually get that change governments and communities would could create i think a much more powerful systemic change rather than each one of them working alone i think that's a creative bureaucracy you're going to be much in demand <laughs> thank you uh, thanks so much for being our guest on night cities thank you Irma Renier is Commissioner for Public Sector Employment in South Australia. You can follow us on Twitter at hashtag Night Cities and at C. Coletta. 
Sign up for our newsletter at knightfoundation.org forward slash podcast to get the five things you should know from this interview and others. You've been listening to Night Cities. I'm Carol Coletta.